0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm your host, James Anderson, and we'll probably touch on some prospects today, but the main focus... Is actually going to be 2023 redraft, uh, you know, analysis um, conversation because my guest, Ryan Benasio, is uh, going to be participating with me in the first NFBC draft of the 2023 draft season tonight. Uh, It's going to start at 1030 Eastern Time via Zoom um that should be uh an interesting uh event um but but first ryan i really appreciate you joining me how are you doing
2: i'm good man uh thanks for having me it's gonna be a crazy night tonight really looking forward to it
1: yeah um yeah we are gonna spend most of this podcast talking about our our strategy and just kind of um (laughs) just sort of how crazy this is going to be um Ryan is in my uh, TGFBI league. I think you, you've you been in second place pretty much all season. I've been in third place pretty much all season uh, with no real movement there. Um, and Ryan also is a co-host of a podcast I'm really excited to uh, check out uh, called In the Cut with uh, John Fish, who's been on the podcast before. And what I'm really excited about is this is, uh, to my knowledge, the only fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball podcast out there. Uh, I, I know there aren't there aren't that many of us. It doesn't seem that that do baseball and basketball, but I'm excited to check that out. Um, but first, I wanted to talk about Fernando Tatis Jr.'s dynasty league value uh, really quickly because uh, this has been kind of a. It, it first became a topic that I I started kind of reacting to when someone threw a trade at me. They they traded. Bryce Harper and Wander Franco for Fernando Tatis. And this was after the suspension and everything. And they they wanted me to sort of tell them how well they did. And I actually, I would have preferred the Harper Franco side, even though it might not look that way from the way that my dynasty rankings uh, looked about a week ago. And uh, I just kind of wanted to get your your sense on just, is it an overreaction to bump tatis down about 15 spots as i did on my dynasty rankings
2: um you know i wouldn't if i had Tatis, i wouldn't trade him but um i thought that i thought the price would come down a little bit and i tried to get him in a few leagues and and it didn't seem like there was any much of a discount so i i understand where you're coming from because he's injury prone and now has been suspended for steroids so, I can see why you bumped him down, but I would see it as a buying opportunity if the price came down. But that, yeah, that trade, I would much prefer Harper and Wander for Tatis. I think that's like a huge overpay.
1: Agreed. I mean, I think that might have been close ish uh, prior to the, the suspension. Um, but I guess, sort of, the way I'm I'm thinking about it is he's just about as volatile of a asset as you could have for a a hitter his age, who's accomplished what he's accomplished and it's kind of, you know, to each their own. I mean, I I could see if you're uh, willing to sort of um, gamble a little bit uh, going after him. Um, But he, you know, before this suspension uh, he played, 88 games in 2018 86 games, 2019, 130 games, 2021. He played almost the whole pandemic season, but that was obviously a season kind of tailor-made to him. And then obviously zero games this year. And I'm kind of, I'm operating under the assumption that he started taking steroids to try to get on the field. uh, Kind of the same way that uh, like Ryan Braun um, sort of went down that path of just having all these nagging injuries, being unable to play as many games as you'd like. And just trying to find a way to get out there, and now he's got the suspension. If he gets popped again, it's it's an even bigger suspension, and you still don't have. Uh, I mean, I'd say there might be even more injury risk now um, that he can't use steroids. So uh, that's sort of my thinking there. Um, I mean, would you like? How about how about I throw some names at you, and just you can tell me like, would you take Tatis or this player? Uh, just quickly, um, would you take? Tatis or Manny Machado in Dynasty?
2: I would take Tatis.
1: Would you take Bobby Witt or Tatis?
2: That's really tough. I think I'd go Tatis just because I... Even though the Royals have some nice bats, that Machado, Soto, Tatis is going to generate so many counting stats. I yeah, so I
1: mean, I I think the fact, yeah, I think you're, so yeah, you are definitely a little higher uh, than than I am on him, uh, but I, I definitely see, you know, I see a, a path where I'm just way too low on him if he, all he really needs to do is play about 120 games a season, and he's yeah. still a, and remember, a top 10-ish guy.
2: Remember Harper, when he was younger, he couldn't stay on the field because of like how recklessly he played. And as he got older, it's almost like he learned how to, you know, not run into walls and play like a crazy person all the, the time. So maybe Tatis, I don't. Do you think there's a chance they move him off shortstop to keep him healthy?
1: Where would they move? Like, or if that even, to,
2: ha- if that even helps?
1: I could. Well, because I mean, you know, he obviously has the tools to play center field, but I think that would put even more stress on his body. Um, I'm, would you move him to like second base? Would you move him to left field? I don't, I don't know.
2: Execute um, DH I, now, that helps.
1: Yeah, because we, we've got lots of, you know, examples on both sides of the ledger of, you know, like I I probably uh, certainly in hindsight overreacted to the Jordan Alvarez knee, both knee issues. Um, you know, he's certainly paid anyone off who who bought low on, on him, uh, you mentioned Harper you know there was a time a long time ago when uh, Manny Machado was thought of as like injury prone with with lower body issues um but there's also you know Mike Trout and Byron Buxton and guys that just have never really kind of shaken this sort of injury bug in in recent seasons so uh really really tough player to to value right now in dynasty which is why I wanted to discuss him briefly but um yeah, not a guy that i'm actively trying to buy low on sounds like you are but you, you haven't been able to quite uh, get the right deal on him yet
2: no not yet
1: so uh let's let's get into uh the the main um crux of the episode uh you and i are in a 15 team nfbc draft and it's gonna the first seven rounds are going to take place tonight, uh, and then we're going to finish up the the next forty three rounds in November. Um, I don't even know what the buy in is. I I was told, uh, or I think you you told me in the in the DMs that uh, there is it is going to be part of an overall. I just was like, sure, I'll do it. I'm I'm a degenerate. I've got nothing. Nothing uh, getting in my way on a Wednesday night. But, um, you know, this is going to be a pretty loaded room, right? Uh, you know, there's there are some heavy hitters in here for sure. Uh, like you, you're you picking 12, I'm picking 11. Uh, we've got Jason DuPont picking first. Steve Weimer picking second. Uh, Jake Hallisker uh, picking third. Uh, Dan Kenyon picking fourth. Bubba is picking fifth. Ryan Bloomfield sixth. Uh, Mike Mager, seventh. Uh, Rob DiPietro, I should have mentioned this earlier. It's, it's Rob DiPietro's uh, kind of, it's his draft. Like he is the uh, one who put it together. Uh, Jenny Butler picking ninth. Uh, Brian Slack uh, picking 10th. Ryan Roof of Rotowire picking 13th. And then Zach Waxman and John Fish, fittingly, uh, picking 14th and 15th. So it's, it's a loaded room, um, but I, you know, I, I'm not going to hold back in terms of kind of divulging uh, what my board is kind of looking like here on this podcast. If, if any of those people uh, care enough to, to listen to this pod and use that against me, then whatever. Uh, I don't really care. It's, it's for fun, mostly for me. Um, but this thing's starting at 1030 tonight on Zoom, how, how long of a night are we in for here? We got to make 105 picks on Zoom starting at 1030 Eastern.
2: I'm setting the over/under at 2
1: a.m. Yeah, I mean it's going to be pretty nuts. I mean that's <laughs> I'm I'm kind of I'm not a night owl. Lucky to get
2: out of there
3: at
1: a.m. Yeah, I'm not a night owl at all uh, on the weeknights, especially. So um, this <laughs> this is going to be pushing it for me. But uh, I just I can assume you know we're supposed to start at 10:30. I could I could envision a scenario where a pick hasn't been made by 11 and, you know, who knows, but um, yeah, it it should be fun though. I think we're all, we're all looking forward to it. Um, It's kind of interesting that you and I are going to be picking back to back. um, So we are going to be sort of theoretically fighting over players. If we have similar values on guys, Um, I just wanted to start things off by saying, you know, I want to go like, Which players are going to be gone by the 11th pick? I'm picking 11th, you're picking 12th. I think it's safe to say Trey Turner, Ronald Cunha, Jose Ramirez, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, Aaron Judge are all going to be gone. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, I would agree. Probably throw Mookie Betts in there as well.
1: Sure. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to sort of slowly work down. So you think Mookie's gone? So that's seven. Um, you think Jordan Alvarez is gone?
2: I don't think so, because we're in such a sharp room that they're all going to want steals from their first pick. So I could even see Tucker going ahead of Jordan.
1: Okay, so you think Tucker could could be a, a top 10 pick? Um, Tucker. Do you think any of the third basemen besides Jose Ramirez, Machado, Riley, Devers, Witt, any of them going to be
2: gone? Maybe Devers, but hmm, I'm not sure. I would think, so we're saying first 11 picks, you pick 12, right? I pick 11. Or I pick 12. Okay, yeah. so first 10 picks. I would say maybe eight bats and two starters. Maybe those eight and McClanahan and Cole, McClanahan and Burns.
1: Yeah, um very interested to see how the pitching gets valued tonight because this is about th- this is as far from those late March NFBC drafts as you could possibly get, you know. Um there's just so many different ways any of these pitchers could get injured between now
2: if I lost him or if I disconnected. Internet's still on. No what happened. Still I'm in the show. I don't know.
1: Sorry about that. Um, did you get that question? That's
2: okay. Uh, I did not. You cut out like um, thirty seconds ago. I didn't really hear. Okay.
1: That. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did want to ask then uh, just about the the starting pitching because you mentioned you thought um, Burns McClanahan, uh, or you think you said Cole McClanahan might go. Um, I was just interested in like whether you think pitching gets pushed down in this draft. Because you're drafting a pitcher who there's still a month and a half of a regular season, a postseason, where they could get injured before we restart drafting in November. Do you think pitching gets pushed down at all? Or do you think with it just being a sharp room, a 15-team NFBC league with a, with an overall prize, that we're still going to see several aces go you know, top 10, top 12?
2: yeah i still think the aces are gonna go just because like you said it's a sharp room like i expect closers to get pushed up i expect i would, I would expect cole to at least like cole burns McClanahan to all go in the first round um and then you never know maybe Classé goes off the board something crazy like that I, I would expect pitching to get pushed up almost like treated so- as if it's a main event trap i would think
1: yeah, I, I'm not going to treat it like it's a main event draft. I can tell you that Like right now. Um, I'm just... I'd rather... I'd rather sort of leave a little light on starting pitching and feel really good about my hitters going into those final 43 rounds. Uh, so if you're right and people are treating it like it's a main event draft, then I probably end up with two hitters at 11 and 20. Um, And I've sort of prepped for that. Are you expecting to go with one hitter, one pitcher at 12 and
2: 19? No, of course we have the same strategy. So that's great. No, I'm definitely (laughs) going to go with a hitter. Just because because the top... I was. I made like a a rough ranking sheet. The top, the top like twenty five hitters are just monsters. Oh yeah. Um, it's almost like there's two two rounds of first rounders. Um, so I, I would like again same strategy as you. I want two bats in the first two rounds.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I guess I'm. I'm yeah, I'm hoping that the pitching, I mean, if the pitching gets pushed up, great. Like I, I mean, you could get just two absolute monsters. Like you said, Um, how are you kind of valuing? Uh, so, you know, f- for, for instance, I, I have kind of late third ish round values on, well, I've, I've like a late third ish round value on like Ozzy Albies. I have an, a mid third round value on Boba Shett. Uh, and then I've got guys like, you know, I've got like a late first round value on Austin Riley. I've got a mid second round value on Paul Goldschmidt and Francisco Lindor. Are, is that an overreaction to, to kind of, uh, what's happened this year to, to kind of give those guys that boost and then also bump down guys like Bichette and Albies who are going, uh, you know, first round, early second round in drafts this year?
2: No, I don't think it's too much of an overreaction. Um, I have Bichette. Um, I actually have Wander way higher than you probably think. I have Bichette right, right below Wander and Simeon. And then I have Goldschmidt. Um, Goldschmidt is around like Vlad. I I don't think, I don't really think that's crazy. I actually have Lindor and Riley right next to each other. Um, just because they like, especially Lindor and Goldschmidt. They've been such reliable hitters for so many years that even though they're having, I mean, Lindor is not having a career year, but you could argue Goldschmidt is there's in a, in a DC where you need the plate appearances and you need the, the five category production. Even though I don't, I'm not sure Goldschmidt stealing bases this year, those guys are so reliable in the second or third round. You I don't think you can go wrong there.
1: Yeah, Goldschmidt to me is is one of the more interesting players for uh, valuing for 2023 because he's been just, you know, he's been like a borderline league winner. Like, I mean, Aaron Judge has been sort of the league winner. Paul Goldschmidt's been kind of right behind him in terms of draft value versus what you're getting from him. He's outperformed Freddie Freeman, Vlad Guerrero, Pete Alonso. Do you think... Like, what kind of tax does he get for his age and sort of the preseason value on him compared to guys like Freeman, Guerrero, Alonzo, even throw in, like, Machado, Devers, like, these these corner guys who are, are mostly getting you four-category stuff. Like, is, is Goldschmidt – is it fair to just value him with those guys based on how amazing he's been this season?
2: Yeah, I think it's fair, and it's – it's not like he's super old.
1: Was he 34? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of pushing it still. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's okay. not super old, but like he's, that's old for a guy that you might consider a top 20 pick on as a, as a position player.
2: That's fair. So I, I could see you bumping him down and especially because he has a 380 Babbitt this year. You probably don't expect that to happen again. Um, so you have to, of course, account for that. But, again, now that now that I'm talking it out, I don't think I can take him ahead of Devers and Machado. I don't even know if I want to take him over Bichette, to be honest. So it, it's hard to take a 30, even though he's so reliable. It is hard to take a 34-year-old over those, like, young studs.
3: I
1: I definitely wouldn't take him over Machado or Devers. I think I would take him over Bichette. Um yeah, I mean I, I it would basically have to be am I taking him at pick twenty? Uh and probably not. I think there's gonna be someone that I like more at pick twenty than Paul Goldschmidt, but like I think he belongs middle to late second round. Um you know, and honestly his his teammate Nolan Arenado, like I think there's a case for Arnato being a, a late second round guy because uh Third base is just so fascinating to me because it, you know, it used to be there were like two or three high-end options at the position and then it kind of fell off. But now we've got Jose Ramirez. I think Jose Ramirez, Manny Machado, Devers, maybe Witt go first round. Um, But certainly Ramirez, Machado, Devers, Riley, Arnauto, Witt, those six – probably all off the board by the middle of the third round. And then there's just this gigantic drop-off to like Bregman and like Matt Chapman. And I, I'm interested in like, cause I kind of want to get one of those top six third basemen personally, uh, just because of how big that gulf is and how productive those six guys uh, project to be next year.
2: No, I, I totally agree with you there. Like you said, there's a enormous drop off between those guys, and I was thinking Matt Chapman, but Bregman as well. And and Bregman doesn't steal anymore. Chapman could hit two ten anytime. Like you're going from a superstar to like a guy that could just be all right.
1: Yeah, and then if you don't get if you don't get like a Bregman or a Chapman, then you're looking at like a Ryan McMahon or a you're you're buying a rebound from. Max Muncy or you're just you're okay with a with a weak batting average from Eugenio Suarez or something or you're going for a guy that might not hit 20 homers and Josh Rojas like it's it's uh that there's just those those six guys are just so appealing to have at that that position um and I, I kind of want to get one of those I don't I don't know if I'll be able to get both it'll probably depend on uh which outfielders are there for me at uh at 11 um but I wouldn't mind going third baseman, first baseman with those uh, first two picks, 11 and 20, and just really, you know, A, sort of locking up two two pillars at those corner spots, but also just really uh, loading up on the, the batting average, the home runs, the, the runs, the RBI. Because that, that's actually, I think, the biggest weakness um, from my 2022 uh, drafting was that I didn't end up with enough of those guys. I was too speed conscious uh, in the first five or six rounds. And so I'm kind of, even on teams where I'm doing really well, I'm kind of um, mid pack in terms of like the home runs, runs, RBI. And that's not where I want to be at all. I want to be, you know, killing those categories. So I might swing um, kind of hard in that other direction and get a couple pillars uh, a four category production with those first two picks.
2: Yeah, I definitely overlooked Freddie Freeman this year. I don't have uh, any teams, and even though he might not be a top, you know, 10 or so player, you're just getting a 320 average with monster counting stats, home runs, steals, like getting that solid one B and pairing him with like a Devers. If you can start off Freeman Devers, like you gotta be happy with that. Freeman Machado, something like that.
1: Yeah, and you and I are kind of in the spot in the draft where that's realistic. Um, yeah, I think if if we just said like, "Hey, I'm I'm getting one of those top third basemen, one of those top first basemen, you and I could both pull that off, uh, given where we're picking. Um, let's see. I, let's talk about. You mentioned. Um, actually, no. I want to want to kind of wrap it up on the uh, those those SP ones. So. You said you think Burns, McClanahan, Cole um, go, you know, first round-ish. Um, does Sandy go first round? Does Verlander? Like, what's the cutoff in terms of how many pitchers you think could go in those first 15 picks?
2: That's tough because I could see Sandy going in the first round. It wouldn't surprise me, especially because I know Fish loves him. So I could see him going yeah. with Sandy. Um At 14 or 15 but um stuff i would say those three in the first round and then the next three are probably verlander sandy cease maybe wheeler in there in the second and third
1: so i had uh just kind of on my like rankings i had it Like Burns, McClanahan, Sandy, Cole, Verlander, Scherzer, Cease were my top seven.
2: Oh, Scherzer too. I forgot about Scherzer. It's it's a loaded first couple rounds this year. Well, it's great.
1: I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, obviously, by the time March gets here, you know, there'll be some of these guys will be hurt or something like. But I mean, it is it's really loaded. (laughs) Like you feel really good about yes, those seven as just as like no doubt SP one types. Um, is there. So, I mean, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like cease for lander, Sandy, uh, they'll all be gone by like mid second. Uh, I think Scherzer's probably gone around mid second as well. Um, that's kind of where I've got him valued. Uh, is there a pitcher I guess, I mean, on this one, like, I'll just say it first. Um, I was going to ask you, is there a pitcher that you in a dream scenario is there for you in the third round? I'll tell you my guy. Um, I really want Luis Castillo in the third round. Uh, do you think that's realistic? And then is there a pitcher that you really hope is there for you, uh, with your third pick?
2: Yeah, I could say Castillo being in the third round. Um, especially now that he's moved to Seattle and he isn't in Cincinnati anymore. I don't think you'd go wrong with Castillo in the third round. To me, I would want to target, like, Gosman, maybe Musgrove. Just, like, a solid guy. I know he's given me 30 starts. He's given me more than a K in inning. Um, I think Gosman's gotten, like, super unlucky this year. So I would – even though um, – you know, he hasn't put up third-round value this year. Like, the strikeouts and walks that he's put up are ridiculous. And, again, you know, you're getting 30 starts. Um, so that would be my target. But I can understand why you want – like, Castillo has that perfect ceiling floor, especially on Seattle, where he's going to get even more wins now. Um, it's definitely a rock-solid SP1.
1: Yeah, and my my kind of backup um... – because I, I assume Woodruff, Nola, Wheeler are gone. If Castillo were gone in the third, I'd kind of be hoping that Shane Bieber's there in the third. Um, I, I kind of feel like Shane Bieber's back to being cl- close to sort of peak Bieber over his last like five starts or so. Uh, I noticed that his like his highest fastball velocity of the year was like a, a couple starts ago at like ninety three, ninety four. Um, so I I've been very happy with Castillo or bieber as my sp1 um as as for the closers do you for me it's like edwin diaz emmanuel Clase, top two relievers not even close is is that your read or do you think there's someone else in there do you think one of those guys is, is a notch above the other i
2: don't know i think um Felix Bautista might be. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I think, I think Class A, Edwin Diaz. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, one second. I, I'll be back in okay. two seconds. Okay. I have a I dog. Have to open the door. Hold on.
1: No, oh, that's good. Dude, don't worry about it. Yeah, so while we're waiting for Ryan, I I have a mid third round grade on Diaz and Class A. Um, but just the way this thing's going to shake out, I feel like somebody that I have a second round grade on will be there in the third. Maybe not. I just, I think with zero ADP, the, the evaluations are just going to be all over the place. All right. Ryan's back.
2: I'm so sorry. I don't for the door for my girlfriend. Like Dude, don't worry about nuts. it. Um, so yeah, Claude Diaz, I would agree is definitely the top two. Um, do you think Hendricks falls off a little bit? Even though, I mean, it feels like he's still as good as he was, but maybe he'll fall off because Diaz and Class A are better.
1: Well, um, there was that like there was that sort of injury scare with Hendricks this year, um, but that does seem like it's. I mean, it seems like it's in the rearview mirror. But I, I, I think for, for me, that's. You know, that plus the performance, I think. And it's not like it's not a slight at any of these others. Like, I, I'd love to have, you know, Jordan Romano, Ryan Presley, Ryan Helsley, Hendricks. You know, that be totally fine with any of those guys as my first closer. But it's really what it is, is sort of a testament to just how utterly dominant Diaz and Classe are. Um, you yeah, know, Classe is like, classe has got like a one- Three ERA since the start of last season. Um, Diaz obviously is just a, a strikeout machine, so I, it's not meant to be a, a slight at a guy like Hendricks. It's just kind of those two are are really, um, you know, truly, truly elite uh, closers for for fantasy baseball.
2: And I know you know this because um, you do all the prospects and dynasty stuff, but the Guardians are going to be really, really good. Either next year or in two years, they're just loaded. Um, So, Klaasé could be a save machine, especially with their starting pitching. Um, You know, keeping them in games, their offense should be good. I I could see Klaasé having like, you remember Edwin Diaz in like 2016, 2017, we had like a 50 save season. Like, I could see Klaasé doing something like that in the next two years.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he. It's just how many chances are they going to give him? Um, because he'll he'll uh, he'll convert those saves if you give him the chances. Um, so are sure those like how many? So Diaz and Class A I, when you were uh, letting the dog out, I I mentioned I've kind of got third round grades on them, uh, but I kind of doubt that they would be the best player on my board, even though I'm picking later in the third round. Um, you know, if you are picking, say, you are, whatever that is. Uh, so you'd be picking forty two would be your third round pick. If you've got, say, one of those guys, Diaz or Class is there, but then Gossman's there, Musgrove's there. Do you go with your first pitcher as the elite closer, or do you just get the the starter that that fell to you there?
2: Yeah, I'd probably go Gaussman. I generally just rank my closers. I don't really put like a round tag on them just because I let the room like sure. basically dictate when I take a closer. So if no closer taken in the first two rounds, I definitely won't be the first one to take a closer in the third. So I would probably take Gaussman or Musgrove there, you know, if there's a better SP on the board there, like Woodruff or something
1: yeah i mean i like i would take castillo or Bieber in the third over diaz and classe but i probably would take diaz and diaz and or diaz or classe uh ahead of you know whoever i guess the next pitchers i've got ranked are like de and urias and manoa um <laughs> where do you, where do you think the
2: goes today? I was just I don't know what to do with DeGrom. I really don't. And he's not he's not a person. Like to not pitch for a year and then throw 102 on the black with like 93 mile an hour slider cutters, whatever they are, it's just a joke. But he can't stay right. home, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I won't be drafting him again, likely. Just because I can't trust it, and he, you know he's going to go in the first three rounds. So.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I, 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 I think he'll it. go. I think he'll be gone by the end of the second round. Um, yeah, I, it. I don't. I haven't ended up with him last couple of years. Um, I totally get it. I mean, he's the best pitcher alive when he's. Um, when he's healthy, uh, but he's you know with uh, he's got a month and a half plus a playoff runs worth of starts to get hurt again and so i just i know that you know we're each drafting seven guys odds are one of one of the seven guys i take with one of my first seven picks is going to be hurt by the time uh, opening day is here and so i'm just i'm not going to bring on that much risk like i don't want two or three of the guys i took in the first seven rounds to be injured by the time opening day gets here um so i'm kind of risk averse for for someone like Degrom. um are there any... You
2: know, like, in the second
1: and Tatis in the third. <laughs> Did you say DeGrom in the second, Tatis in the third? <laughs> oh man, uh, Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: sorry. Uh, I mean, you might... Yeah, I mean, like, at that point, you might as well. Um, but it, I wanted to ask, like, are there any, uh, say, young... Um, you know, sort of guys that have maybe broken out a little bit but don't have the track record? Are there any just really exciting young players... Where you just have you're, you're you're very interested in them, but you just have no idea where you need to take them to to get them.
2: I am a <clears throat> O'Neill Cruz fanboy, and I probably will be till the death. But um, I don't know where he's gonna go. If he's st- we're doing seven rounds, if he's still there in the seventh round, it's going to take like every ounce of me to not. <laughs> out um, I just think like. His ceiling is Aaron Judge, and the floor is Javier by current Javier Baez probably. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: I was gonna say current Javier Baez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
2: um, but yeah, he's someone that I'm going to have a lot of in drafts if he's going late enough.
1: And the the, the you know part of the reason I I asked that is uh, this draft I think is where you could get, like you could draft, um, like I'll I'll give you a couple guys that I'm eyeing up Uh, like Michael Harris and Corbin Carroll. I have no idea where those guys are going to be going in tonight's draft, but I can almost guarantee you that Michael Harris and Corbin Carroll will be going around or two earlier by the time we get to March. So that's just kind of the nature of, of those things like the, the shiny, you know, power speed guy just keeps getting pushed up the board, right? Like the closer we get to opening day. Um, So I, you know, I, I'd love to get Michael Harris. Um, I wonder, like, do you think, how many people in this room do you think are on Corbin Carroll as a top 100
2: player tonight? I think you'd be the only one that drafted him. I think you there's think so? a chance you'd take him in the seventh. Yeah. I th- if you took him in the seventh, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to, I I think he's going to be there with your seventh round pick. If you, if you wanted him, I know you like him a lot. So I assume you might be in. Well, I've
1: him I've him valued as a kind of at that five, six turn. Um, so I, I'd be ecstatic to get him in the seventh. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just roll the dice and see if he's there in the seventh. Um, I think he'll be going in the fifties or sixties in main event drafts. Um, so I, to Similar me to like Bobby getting, in... yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm higher on Carroll for next season than I was on wit for this season. Um, Cause I just think he's going to hit for a hit, much better average. So is
2: that much better?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think you're, you're totally on point with, you know, no ADP, obviously, uh, the, this, the sharper the room, the less inclined the room might be to go after the unproven prospect. So with this being a very sharp room, uh, you might be, you might be, uh, hitting, hitting it on the nose there with, uh, Carol, maybe being there for me, uh, in the seventh, but I don't know. We'll see. I guess it'll probably come down to just how much speed I have on, on hand. Um, when we are in, like, the fifth, sixth round. Uh, what about a guy like Adolis Garcia? Like, how much how much full buy-in do you think there will be um, in terms of – because, I mean, just based on 2022 earned value, he's someone that we should be considering, you know, at the 1-2 turn. Um, where do you think he actually goes, though?
2: Man, I hope he goes in the first five rounds because uh, I couldn't be <laughs> more out. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think he goes, man, I, I'm looking at the group of players. Could you, someone really take him in the fourth round? I, I would say fifth. I would say middle of the fifth he goes. Definitely, he definitely gets drafted too, but –
1: Oh yeah, well, yeah I
2: mean, just because it's a it's a sharper room too, so everyone knows he, he could, you know, hit two ten and not play anymore. Um, but yeah, I, you couldn't pay me to draft him in the first seven rounds.
1: <laughs> oh man, well he will, uh, he will assuredly go. I think. I mean, look, I I know it's a sharp room. I think he's going to go in the first four rounds. Because I think um, Really. I just think I, I don't know. I think um, he's done it now two years in a row. I'm with you for, for the record. Like I have I have Carol ranked ahead of Adolis. I have Andres Jimenez ranked ahead of Adolis. Uh, you know I So I, I don't think I'm gonna be the one that takes him, but I just think that the two year track record, the lineup placement um i think i think he goes in the first four rounds even even in the sharper room i hope so yeah yeah <laughs> um what about uh what about actually you know what um i am going to uh let's let's head to a, a quick break um uh well, well actually hold on I, how about catchers um before I head to a quick break um to me it's it's Adley um it's Adley and uh and will Smith like I think to me those are the the clear top two catchers for 2023 are, are you in agreement there
2: no I actually have JT Romemuto about both of them okay um yeah I mean I love Will Smith and Adley but the, the steals that Real Muto gives you, and he's been unbelievable since the start of June. Um, I have Real Muto really highly ranked. Again, I might be too high on him, but, man, the twenty twenty upside of catcher is just crazy.
1: How closely do you have Dalton Varsha ranked him?
2: Uh, so I have Real Muto first, then Will Smith, then... Rutchman, then Kirk, then Varshow. Okay, so not not really too close. I'm kind of so scared have... of Varsho losing some PT because of Carroll. Because I know the Donbacks are gonna wanna look at Thomas. They're gonna wanna look at Carroll. Um, and Varsho is probably gonna sit against all lefties next year. So I kind of bumped his playing time down a bit. I
1: mean he's been worth uh he's been worth Two and a half wins in 107 games. Uh, really good defensive outfielder. People, I think, have just this idea that he's a, a bad defensive outfielder because he's a converted catcher. But um, let's see. Like who? So you think he's going to sit against lefties? Um, has he been that bad against lefties?
2: I'm not sure how so he's bad hitting, he's been,
1: but I, I Oh, he has, he has been pretty bad. Um, I mean, it's just yeah, not something I've even against... looked at because it's not like you're sitting Dalton Marshall. So I I just, I uh, really yeah, cared yeah. about those platoon splits, but, um, yeah, no, he, he has been batting his lefties. Um, I mean, then batting average probably goes up, but counting stats go down. Um, yeah, that's, I probably had no, been, real much to ranked rank too closely together, I guess. Um, I just, you know, you got one guy that I think is sort of a a younger, um, you know, you got a what, like a eight year age gap there between those two, um, but I totally get it with with Real Muto. Um, probably too low on him and maybe too high on Bar-Shield. Um That's why we got to talk this through. All right, uh, let, no,
2: it, let's... I mean, I mean, it's the middle of August. It's not like you should have perfect draft prep by now.
1: Oh no, I'm I'm striving for perfection tonight. My, uh, um, let's changing, head to a quick break. Sheet <laughs> oh man, I've spent way too much time on prepping for this stupid draft. Um, all right, uh, let's let's head to a quick uh, break, and uh, we'll be back to to wrap things up. The weather is heating up, and so are the promotions at Caesars Sportsbook. Today, anyone who is at least 21 years old and in a licensed Caesars Sportsbook state can create a new account and redeem the Caesars Sportsbook promo code, ROTO15. That's R-O-T-O-1-5. The promo code gives new users a risk-free bet up to 1500 bucks. Visit Caesars.com sportsbook or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. And don't forget to use the promo code Roto fifteen when signing up. All right, so I mean, what did you like? How? Because I've, I, like I said, I've I've spent probably too much time uh, prepping for uh, this draft. Uh, really appreciate Rob Pietro inviting me. Um, but what what was sort of how much prep have you put in? Like, what was sort of your your process for for doing this?
2: So this is the first year, like twenty twenty two. It's the first year I actually made like a sheet. I did, like, I weighted average heavier, I weighted steels heavier, and I sort of just, like, um, made, like, not my own projection system, but something similar to that. Um, so, basically, I already had a floor of what I wanted to do, and I kind of just, like, edited some. I'm so sorry, my dog's going nuts. No,
1: dude, if you want to um, step away for a second, it's fine.
2: No, Michael. um yeah so basically I had a floor ready for i bas- i just had to edit like um edit some players here and there um like for example uh austin riley i had his counting stats too low and i had his batting average too low so i just adjusted that a little bit um what are some players the boboshit i had way too high i had a projected for way too many counting stats uh, too many steals, too many homers. So he's a guy I edited a lot, um, but it was just little stuff like that. And I really just went through. I made sure I had fifty hitters, uh, thirty starters, and then the list of closers. So I might have to do a few more hitters between now and the start of uh, the pod. But I've I have like a rough outline of what I what I want to do.
1: Yeah, I did a I kind of deconstruct because I had just spent like 10 days working on my dynasty rankings update. And so I kind of done all of that prep. And so I just sort of deconstructed those and started, you know, obviously getting rid of the non Corbin Carroll prospects and, you know, all the, all the natural adjustments you'd make for, for dynasty versus redraft. But um, yeah, definitely, a lot of time and I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing an article on this for tomorrow where I'll actually publish my, uh, rankings, which will surely look foolish, uh, by the time, uh, you know, a month from now, let alone by the time, uh, spring training rolls around. But, and then I'll just kind of make a note of which players I, uh, was way higher on than the draft room and, and way lower on than the draft room. Um, Hmm. So, how many are you? You, you what, what were you gonna say?
2: No, the um, the two biggest things, and again, this might be going too in depth this early, but the two biggest things I, I wanted to do were like guys with really high averages. Um, I wanted to regress them, like really high, bat, really high bad bips, like Goldschmidt, uh, Andres, Menes, stuff like that, and then I project stolen base attempts, not steals. Because stolen, base, stolen bases are, like, so um, noisy year to year, like how often you get caught. I think Bo Bichette mm-hmm. was 25 for 26 last year, and this year he's, like, 7 for 14 or something ridiculous. So I try to project stolen base attempts, not steals. So that sort of, like, takes some of the re- regression into account. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say that's one, like, big thing I, I do for every year.
1: Do you have a like a target for like so I'd kind of loosely like to leave this draft with two starters and a closer. Um, do you have any sort of goals like that?
2: or are you just gonna I'm, I'm probably right there with you. probably three or four bats, two or three starters and a closer. But again, it all depends on if pushing gets if pitching gets pushed up. I might just clean up on bats. Um I, I really don't know how the draft is gonna go, but I would imagine, like I said, I think it's gonna be like a main event where pitching just goes crazy. Um so I, I would I would say four bats, two starters and a closer, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I'm gosh, it sounds like we're very aligned on this because I definitely have a lot of starting pitchers ranked you know, fairly you know, hot, like in my top 50 or so. But I think just where we're picking 11th overall for me, 12th overall for you, I have a feeling that best player available for me in the, well, I know I'm taking a hitter first and I think best player available for me in the second round will be a, probably a couple hitters, you know, unless I can't imagine like Sandy being there for me at pick 20. Um, So, yeah, I assume I'll go hitter-hitter to start. But then by the time it comes back around, you know, we talked about third-round pitchers hopefully get one of those guys, but you just never know. Like, I'm I'm not going to really reach, I don't think, uh, in an August draft to get a starting pitcher who I, you know, have ranked significantly lower just to to not uh, get shut out on that run. So yeah, I, I would say it's I'd say it's more likely I have one starting pitcher through seven rounds than three starting pitchers through seven rounds.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely right there with you. Like, I'm totally fine just cleaning up on bats if pitching goes crazy because, and we don't really know. And this is the other thing: drafting this crazy. We don't know if the ball is going to go back to normal or if it's going to stay like this because. I found so much late pitching this year, but that could just be a result of uh, the ball. And like you said, you're so low in home runs this year in a lot of your leagues. It's the same thing for me because a lot of the veteran bats I rely on stink. So (laughs) it's just very, very so much year to year. It's crazy. Yeah, we have to deal with this.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I overestimated my ability to get like 30 homer bats in the mid rounds, um, like I, I had, you know, a lot of like Marcelo Zuna, Jorge Soler. Um, I'm trying to think who else, like, just kind of you know that type of guy, like the guy that you're sort of hoping hits like two forty five with thirty bombs. Yeah, uh, you know, just haven't haven't hit on as many of those guys as I needed to. Uh, and then, like I said, overdrafting. Like I'm in some in some leagues, I'm just winning steals or saves by too much um so i just i over allocated the resources to the scarce categories and was left like by starting pitching is totally fine but it's just it's those those uh everyday hitters that are going to get you 25 plus homers that i just you know I, i needed to leave the draft with you know one or two more of those guys than i did so maybe i over course correct And uh, try to do that. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it seems like the type of players when we resume in November, the type of players who are going to improve their stock the most between now and then, to me, it seems like it's more likely to be pitchers. So, like, you know, say, like, do you think, like, do you think Luis Severino or Dustin May or, like, Tyler Glass now, or you know Nick Lodolo, like these types of guys. Like, I don't think those guys are necessarily getting drafted tonight. Do you?
2: No, I don't think so. But one of the names you said, Dustin May, I think is going to be a huge, huge, uh, like discrepancy in terms of where he gets drafted now and where he gets drafted in March. Right. So he could fly up boards um, if he dominates this these last uh, this last month. Um, in terms of like our, uh, November DCs compared to when we draft now, I could see him not got not getting drafted tonight. But then once DCs start in November, he could be like a fifth, sixth round pick just because he's his ceiling is that good.
1: Right. I mean, like Rowan C Contreras, Mike Soroka, like there's there's gonna be guys that between now and the end of the like Reed Detmers stacks like another month of what he's been doing lately on, on top of this. Like um yeah, Aaron Ashby could kind of get into a groove. Like there's there's definitely gonna be some some pitchers who end the year on a high note. Um so yeah, I'm I'm okay leaving the draft with a little light on starting pitching.
2: Some by low guys as well too. I'm honestly still interested in Jose Barrios and Trevor Rogers and I'd be happy if those, if I could get those guys as like my SP three and four, I'd be thrilled.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I hadn't really thought about Burrios, but like, I'm definitely going to, I hope that Trevor Rogers (laughs) had burned enough people that his ADP is like outside the top 200 or something like that. Um, But yeah, I, I have no issues going back to that. Well, um, what uh is there are there any other players where you're just like really interested to kind of see um where they go tonight? Like I, I feel like there's you know like Wander Franco is a is a really interesting name. You mentioned him earlier. Um yeah, you know, like Felix Batista, like to me he's a top seven round guy. I'm interested to sort of see where yeah, he was, goes in the top seven j- rounds.
2: I was joking before, but I did like a quick closer sheet and I basically used uh Eno you know, Saris's stuff and command numbers, and then through K minus BB in there, and Felix Bautista ranks even higher than Classé in that regard. So, I, uh, Bautista has ridiculous stuff. I, I could yeah. see him being like next year's Classé. So, I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't taken in the first seven rounds for sure.
1: And the Orioles are going to win. I don't know. They might win as many games as the Guardians next year. Um, so.
2: If, uh, if no, they're pretty peraltas, actually. Oh, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Man. No, no. I that that was another guy I wanted to bring up because uh, he's been he hasn't been the guy people thought they were getting over these last you know, what it was. it been three starts since he came off the aisle. Um, so, do people think they're buying pre 20, like the same guy they were buying in the third round or early fourth round heading into this year? Are they? they scared off by that That, that's that'll be interesting
2: yeah and he got hurt at the end of 21 uh, with a shoulder injury and now he's missed a chunk of time this year with an arm injury so i could see like someone who loves him taking in the fourth round that i could also see him like dropping
1: yeah I, i don't expect to get him uh based on where i have him ranked um what about uh, what about someone like Carlos Rodon? Like, how much buy-in do you think there is on Carlos Rodon, given how scared off people were by him from a health standpoint coming into the year?
2: Yeah, he's almost like the Adelaide Garcia of pitchers, but actually good um, because everyone <laughs> thinks he's going to get hurt every year. And he, two years in a row, he's stayed healthy for the majority of the year. Uh, I'm not going to be on at all, just because that injury history is ridiculous. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was a third rounder. Maybe goes I, after like Wheeler around Woodruff, that area.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think you're right on the nose. I think he does go third round. Um Yeah, I mean it's just kind of how long can he stay healthy? Uh he'll just keep proving me wrong as long as he stays healthy. Uh, what about Spencer Strider? It is yeah. What about oh. Spencer Strider?
2: Um, can I say no comment? <laughs> no, he's. <laughs> I, I. I think he's going to be my most uh, rostered player in 2023. Yeah. 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 I'm all, I'm. I'm all in.
1: Where do you think his ADP um, is come March? Assuming he let's just say he stays healthy, he you know, let he's he's kind of as good as people would think he would be in the postseason, stays healthy. Where do you think he's getting drafted in like the main events in March? Strider.
2: So I was talking to my buddies about this. I think it's gonna be a little similar at Dylan Cease. Like in early DC, mm-hmm. Cease was going what in the fifth, sixth? Mm-hmm. So maybe he go, maybe Strider goes six seven, because I don't think he's had the year. I don't, I don't know if people like him as much as they liked Cease last year. So maybe uh, around main events, I'd say four. I could see him going in the fourth round in main events, honestly. Um, I, the stuff is electric. He's put up strikeout numbers that are almost as good as anyone's this year. Oh yeah, uh, I think once I mean, enough people see that, like people that don't have have him on their teams and don't realize how good he's been, once you know everyone does their research, I think he's going to be a fourth rounder.
1: So here's something I was talking with uh, Dylan White, who uh, I think is still maybe winning uh, TGFBI. I'm not sure on that, but um, I was talking with him about Strider and just uh, the the recent track record of these dominant two pitch guys uh where like glass now denelson lamette they both uh were basically the the same as strider you know like dominant uh fastball breaking ball um and then injuries have kind of been an issue uh I think there was like another guy that I brought up too but um does that give you any pause at all that just like has there been a Is, is there anyone I'm uh, forgetting about that is really heavily relied I guess it's ceased to like, I don't know. But Strider's truly a two pitch guy. Um, does that kind yeah, of lack yeah. of a track record of a guy like that, hol- like holding up and really kind of becoming that workhorse, does
2: that does that scare you off at all? I, it doesn't. Uh, I was super in on Tyler Glass now because again, cause everyone was, um, you know dinging him because he only had two pitches but, but when you're I, I was in our glass that too I, I think when your two pitches are that good i don't really know if it matters and another thing i really like drafting guys that have good fastballs because you know it's the pitcher you're going to throw the most um it's the only way you can go deep into games it's i i don't, I don't know i i really like strider because he has such a dominant fastball and Another reason why I like him, which isn't related to the two pitches, is that uh, I've seen some interviews on him and he's like super into, you know, just constantly getting better and like, mm-hmm. working on, you know, I think he's going to work enough on a changeup to where he develops a third pitch. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, there's nothing I don't like about the guy.
1: How for real is Tony Gatson? Is he an SP one? Um, Is he an SP one for 2023?
2: He could be, but not for me. Um, I'm not going to be in. Man, so now now that we talk it out, I can't see him going above Rodon and Wheeler and Woodruff and Sandy and Verlander and Cease. Like I don't, I can't see him going above those guys. So maybe he settles in the fourth. I would guess.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Like everyone you listed, I think he goes after those guys. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's (laughs) gosh, do you feel like when you're, when you're on the clock tonight on the zoom, um, like how quickly do you think you're going to make your, your picks? Like, is it going to be, Oh man, there's so many good options available here. Uh, like, what am I going to do? Like, you really take, like, a minute or two to think about it, or when it gets to you, are you just going to be like, boom, taking Spencer Strider, put it on the board?
2: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to be looking over, like, ten players at once, every single pick. It's going to be – it is going to be crazy. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I don't you think – know, the second you make a pick, you're going to hate the pick because the guy you wanted goes – you're going to take the other guy I wanted right after me. Uh, it's going to be –
1: and I don't think there's going to be a timer. I don't think like just judging by this group chat we're in, it doesn't seem like, uh like anyone's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to be like, dude, we got to wrap this up. Let's speed up the picks. Like, I, I don't really think it's going to be that type of room. So I, yeah, I don't know. Um
2: No, definitely not. If anything, it'll be content. Like the the pod will be very entertaining at the very least.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have a couple beers going. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a late night thing, so um, that that pod should be should be entertaining for for the folks. Um, oh, I a uh, couple more players I wanted to ask you about. Um, actually, I'll just lump all three of them together. I have them ranked fairly close: uh, Jeremy Pena, Trevor Story, Tim Anderson. Um, are you? how worried are you about story? And then like Anderson's just had such a weird year. Uh, and then like how buying in, I guess, are you on, on like Pena?
2: So I actually really like Pena. Um, unfortunately I got him in a bunch of dynasty leagues after he's like, he crushed the beginning and then I traded for him and then he's gone <laughs> kind of into this little, little slump. Yep. <laughs> of course. But I, the underlying skills are great, like he hits the ball hard, he makes contact mm-hmm. in the zone, and he's an awesome defender, so he's gonna play every day. Mm-hmm. Um but story story's weird to me because he had that crazy hot stretch, but before and after the hot stretch, he did absolutely nothing. Um mm-hmm. his strikeout rate's gone way up. And then Tim Anderson's a guy that I was totally off of this year because he's injury prone, but like no one talks about him being injury prone. Now it's kind of weird. And like, it wasn't baked into his draft cost for some reason. Um,
1: I didn't think he, I didn't realize he was injury prone until about two months ago. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I had, a, I had a ton of Tim Anderson. Um, thankfully. I mean, the cost was so high that I don't have as much of him as I, as I would have liked leaving draft season. But uh, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, he, no one talked about that with him. Uh, and he's played – his max game's played since 2019 in a seasons is 123. Um, and I think he – like he was running more than people expected this year. The batting average was right where it was supposed to be. Uh, the power completely dried up um, after like the first month of the year. But if he's going to be like a 10-homer guy who – doesn't play more than 120 games yeah
2: it's 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 not great yeah i mean of course he's a great fantasy player um and when he's healthy he's really good he scores a bunch of runs steals base hits for a really high average but um i wasn't digging the profile with no walks hits the ball on the ground a ton and he's you know like i said injury prone but um i think i would take Oh man, I don't know who I would take out of the three because I want to believe in Pena because I also just love getting players on the Astros just because they're such a good organization and I, I feel like he'll develop into a really good player. Um, I think it'd be between Pena and Story for me, but I, I think it's really close.
1: Yeah, I mean, Story. Gosh, he's he's. The, the range of outcomes for him next year is just seems to be massive because he, you know, what if he's hitting top four in that lineup all year and just kind of keeps the strikeouts in check? Uh, and I think a lot of people are just going to be kind of out on him, um, so he could be a value. Uh, for sure. The, I do, this doesn't, like, I know this is, like, shaky analysis uh, at best, but I kind of um, like Tim Anderson. Um, I don't know if you know this, but he like he stepped out on his wife and and knocked another woman up, and like was posing with her on like Instagram videos and stuff, and just kind of a uh, you know uh, decision making kind of came into question there for me a little bit, um, <laughs> and, and I'm a little lower on him because of that. <laughs> which I know doesn't, doesn't, doesn't add up. It's not very, uh, it's not going to get me, um, you know, any kind of saber writer award or anything like that, but um, kind of, he's a little down
2: in my book for that. Um, I think being down on all white Sox might be a good plan <laughs> for next year. <laughs> like Every single player, Dylan, Dylan Cease is, Dylan Cease is like the only safe guy on the white Sox. I, I don't know what's well, going what if- on there, but.
1: What if they replace Tony LaRusa in the offseason? do you just bump all of the White Sox up a little bit?
2: Maybe, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean they still have five DHs on their team, but you gotta bump them up a little bit.
1: Well, so you got Tim Anderson and uh, then Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert are all like injury risks. The and they're and they're all amazing when they're going at their best. And they're just guys that you love like I at least I like I like watching all three of those guys play. They have you know, in theory, they're very, very fantasy-friendly games. Uh, like Eloy's been like the best hitter on the planet for like the last two weeks or something. Um, and he hasn't gotten hurt, but he might get hurt within the next week or so. Um and Grandall Grandall's actually I've got Grandall on like two teams. I think he's he's done the most damage of any player uh in the majors to my my fantasy teams this year because he's just been. Him and
2: Joey Votto. Him and Joey Votto are just murdering me. Uh, absolutely murdering yeah.
1: me. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, I just before I let you go, uh, like Mike Trout, Byron Buxton, Jazz Chisholm, I actually have all three of them ranked fairly close. Uh, they're kind of in this grouping of like, injure injury prone guys that I'm kinda of wary of. Uh who would you pick out of out of Buxton, Jazz and, and Trout?
2: I'd probably go jazz. Um I I know he's been a little injury prone in his first two years, but I really believe in the skills and he's young enough. Trout scares the crap out of me with that back issue. And Buxton Buxton's just a nightmare like he finally stayed healthy stayed healthy and he's missed like 40 games this year well like he sits it, like yeah every, it, he sits like every third game
1: he is a nightmare it, it's 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 so frustrating because like you know i i don't necessarily disagree with the way they've handled him like they're just they basically just been like look you're Always hurt. We're just gonna play you. <laughs> We're just gonna play you through your nagging injuries and sit you every third day. Um, but it's annoying, um, and you just wonder is the
2: second week of the season.
1: He's basically been playing hurt for like three months, um, and you just kind of wonder is is that is that dream season ever going to come for him where he just isn't that hurt for. A full six months like i just don't know if it is um
2: he's getting up in there age right. too right he's almost 30. yeah um i think he's 28 29 years old he might almost get Twenty eight years old yeah
1: and i mean they i yeah. you know obviously the the 230 average is like totally fluky like that's not what you'd expect him to hit but you know is is he going to be healthy enough to hit what you'd expect him to hit. Um, yeah. Anything, anything you want to hit on before we get out of here?
2: No, I think we hit on everything. Um, and it's going to be a, gonna be a crazy night. Can't wait.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, Ryan, actually, uh, do you want to tell people about that, uh, in the cut podcast and where they can find that?
2: Yeah, so me and my buddy, John Fish, starting a baseball and basketball pod called In the Cut. And it's going to be strictly NFC. So we're only going to be talking about, like, uh, you know, players' values relative to NFC. Because in basketball, um, no one gains eligibility throughout the season. Uh, and, like, it's really weird with, like, eligibility and stuff with basketball. So I'm um, going to be doing that. Uh, our actually first episode is going to drop monday morning we're going to talk about the draft uh tonight so that'll be um our first episode
1: awesome man well i will absolutely check that out and then uh where can people find you on twitter
2: on twitter i am ven underscore armborn um yeah awesome on twitter i don't Thank Ryan you really appreciate, appreciate
1: yeah yeah really appreciate you joining me and I will uh,
2: I'll see you in the draft room tonight. Yeah, I'll see you tonight man.